Amen. Great God is still at work, saving, healing, and doing great things. In a few moments, as I say, we'll come around communion. I believe we can have a moment or so when God can minister to us. If you're not comfortable with communion, that's okay. If you're uh, unsure or not used to communion, that's okay. But we're just going to come and celebrate Jesus' death and his life. And I want to share a few thoughts building up to that. Through November, as a church, we've been reading Second Kings. And it's basically been a struggle Maybe not to read it, but it's been a, a, a record of our struggles, a struggle of the people of God and the kings and the rulers and how very few of them actually obeyed God and did and what God asked them to do. And it's just a chronicle of various kings who come in and come on the throne and are not following God. They're struggling to live a life that God wants them to live in a world of with widespread immorality and complacency and idolatry around them. Many of the kings failed, and, and as a consequence, despite prophets coming and walk, giving warnings from God, many kings still followed the way of the world and not God's way. And that led to consequences for the people of God and for Israel as a nation. And eventually we find that Judah is dismantled and taken into the Judeans, God's people are taken into captivity in Babylon because there are consequences when we don't follow God's ways. There are blessings when we do, but there's consequences when we don't. So we find in the end of Second Kings, which is where I'm going to share a few thoughts from, it's mainly a kind of sad tale of God's people failing and rejecting God. But as I read the last few verses, I just caught a glimpse of what God wants to do in our life and has done in our life through the dealings of a Babylonian king with the king of Judah. Jehoiakim had been taken captive as king and imprisoned for 36 years. That's a long while to be in prison. And then we read this at the end of 2 Kings. In the 37th year of the exile of King Jehoiachin of Judah, evil Merodach ascended to the Babylonian throne. He was kind to Jehoiachin and released him from prison on April the 2nd of that year. He spoke kindly to Jehoiachin and gave him a higher place than all the other exiled kings in Babylon. He supplied Jehoiachin with new clothes to replace his prison guard and allowed him to dine in the king's presence for the rest of his life. So the king gave him regular food, a regular food allowance, as long as he lived. Some of you, I'm sure, already see the picture. But we're talking here about a non-godly king and how he dealt with someone who had been in captivity. You know, we have a king called Jesus. And we have been in captivity but what we see here is the heart of our king towards us, the heart of our God towards us. You might not have been in prison for 36 years. You might never have been imprisoned at all physically. But the reality is all of us have been bound by some things in our life. All of us, whether it's things we can see openly, or whether it's invisible change like fear, habits, hurts, pain, 
laws. Many of us have been bound by things, things which restrict us from being all that God intended us to be. And we have an enemy of our souls who wants to restrict us and confine us and bind us in so many areas. Many of us maybe know that we're bound in many ways. Maybe the signature sound over our life is Freddie Mercury's, I want to break free. For the older ones, it could be Engelbert, please release me, let me go. And for the younger generation, it may be Ariana Grande's, break free. But whatever, we might have a signature song about wanting to break free or wanting to be free because there's something in mankind, something within us which wants to be free, which wants to be released from anything which binds us. The good news is that Jesus says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. There's a freedom that comes through knowing Jesus Christ. You might not know Jesus Christ today, but we want to tell you, whatever is binding you, you can be released because Jesus Christ died for your freedom. We're going to come around communion in a few minutes, but Jesus can set us free from things in our life. And I believe as we take communion, maybe there's areas in our life which we are bound with. I believe that God can minister to us and bring us into a freedom that Jesus died to give us. Jesus said this in one point early in his ministry, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. Jesus wants to bring freedom. And when he cried, it is finished on the cross. It was so that we can be free from all that hindered us. And six quick things, really quick things, to be thankful for. As we end November with Thanksgiving, it's a month of thankfulness. Six things, six reasons to be thankful for as we relate to what happened between this king of Babylon and the king of Judah, who had been in prison for 36 years. First of all, he was released from prison. He found a new freedom. That king gave him a new freedom. You and I might not be all we want to be. There might be some things which hinder us still. But you know what? When Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, he freed us from the penalty of sin. He freed us from eternal separation from God forever. He freed us from what could happen to us. He took away the punishment or the pain, the consequences of our sin. And he freed us from the judgment of God and brought us into a relationship with God. And he's made us free. And he freed us from the penalty of sin. He continues to free us from the power of sin. And one day we'll be free from the presence of sin. He's freed us from the consequences of sin. Yes, we're work in progress, but we are not what we were. We are children of God. He's freed us from sin. Also, he spoke a new message to him. We read, he spoke kindly to Jehoiachin. You know, before, maybe think, before our salvation, we were under the judgment of Almighty God. We were under that judgment, that oppression, in the sense we put on ourselves, but the judgment of God. But you know what? We've got a new message that God speaks over our life. And maybe still you know God, you follow him, but you think God's a harsh God, is there to beat you up and cause you to be in pain and cause you to be suffering when you mess up. And you think God's a hard, harsh God. I want to tell you this morning, there's a new message that God wants to give you. And it's a message of love. It's a message of peace. God speaks kindness towards us. 
God's heart is a heart of kindness. His words are of love and life and hope and joy and peace and encouragement, support, forgiveness, and everything that is good in his name. You maybe think God's heart. I want to tell you, God is love. And he speaks love and kindness to you. The king started to speak kindly to Jehoiachim. Know what is incredible about our God? It was us that rejected him. It was us that separated ourselves from him. It was us that put us under his judgment. But you know what the Bible says? It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Isn't that great? It's not his judgment. It's not his justice. It's not his hardness. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. I feel a song coming on, but I'll bless you by not singing it. He gave a new freedom. He gave him a new message. And he gave him a new status as well. All these kings that he had in his territory, all the kings that he'd conquered, he brought them into his, if you like, territory. It's as if I'll keep my friends close and my enemies even closer. But then we read this about Jehoiachin. He brought him out and he gave him a higher place than all the others. He honored him. He put him in a place of honor. Just think about it. He took him from a place of prison and he seated him in a place of honor. What does that mean about us? You know what? God has lifted us from the pits that we're in and the prisons that we were in and he's seated us and given us a place where we're seated in heavenly realms. The Bible says that he raised us from the dead along with Christ and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ Jesus, i.e. he raised us and he gave us a new dignity and a new status and a new position. And when we're maybe living in the pits and maybe you think you're small, you're worthless, you're rubbish, I want to tell you that Jesus Christ came to take you from that and seat you in heavenly realms and place you in a place of honor, sitting in the presence of God. And he spoke you, some of you have had hard words spoken to you this week. Some of you have words that have belittled you this week. Some of you have had words where you think rubbish, you've thought rubbish because of what's been said about you. But today God's got kind words for you and he's not saying that you're rubbish. He says you're precious. He's saying you're wonderful and he wants to lift you and he says you're lifted to a place of honor. And when I look at you, he says I see you seated in heavenly realms, not in the pits where you were, but you're seated and I've lifted you into a place and given you a new status in life. Isn't that wonderful? He's done that. He's also given that he gave a new wardrobe. He says he supplied Jehoiachim with new clothes to replace his prison garbs. The prison clothes spoke of him being bound, being punished, being restricted from things, from places, being a place of confinement, a place of exclusion. Clothes made him look, uh, ju- others look judgmentally on him and say, this is what you are. You're a prisoner, you're a failure, you're a mistake, you've done wrong. And the clothes that he wore caused him, other people to think that and caused them to be a place of confinement. But you know what this king did? He says, I'm changing your wardrobe. I'm taking those old dirty rubbish clothes off you and I'm bringing you into a new place. I'm giving you a new wardrobe. I'm giving you new clothes to it. And you know what that means for us? He says that he's given us the robe of righteousness. He took our sinful, dirty rags that we lived in and the Bible says in Isaiah I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God for he has dressed me with clothing of salvation he's draped me in a robe of righteousness I'm like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding no pressure David or a bride with her jewels 
i.e. it went from prison gap to the finest that man could see. And I want to tell you, God has given us a new wardrobe where we don't wear inside that dirty, filthy, rubbish life that we used to be. He's clothed us with a robe of righteousness. And when God sees us, he sees us clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He's given us a new wardrobe to wear. And we can wear it because of Jesus. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. But here's the deal. When you get a new wardrobe, you choose what you wear on it. We have a choice to make. Before, Jehoiachin could only wear crescent garb. That's what he lived with. But he was given a new wardrobe and new clothes. You know, when Jesus came and set us free, he gave us a new wardrobe. But we can choose to wear the old stuff or the new stuff. Colossians puts like this, clothe yourself or put off the old nature, the greed, the impurity, the anger, the envy, the rage, the anger, the malice, the slander, the bad language. Put on mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. I'm still trying to grow into that jacket of patience, but uh, bear with me. See, the reality is, before we couldn't help but say, oh, it's just me, that's what I am. You know, when Jesus came into us, he gave us a new wardrobe where that doesn't have to be you. It doesn't have to be you with the bad language. It doesn't have to be you with the anger, with the envy, the rage. You know why? Because he's given us a new wardrobe and we can clothe ourselves with mercy and with kindness and with humility and patience and clothe ourselves because before we couldn't, but now we can because of Jesus. Number five, told you it would be quick. He gave a new invitation. He allowed them to dine in the king's presence for the rest of his life. Just think about that. He was allowed in the king's presence once again. You know, I never cease to get amazed that I'm allowed to come into the presence of the king. I can come into the presence of the king of kings. I can come into the presence of Father God and not be condemned, not be rejected, not be someone who's not worthy to be there. There's an old song that says, I'm accepted at the throne for I'm clothed in royal robes. You know, never take for granted the fact that we can come into the presence of the king. We're allowed into the presence, not with a feeling I'm not worthy, I don't deserve to be here, I shouldn't be here. I'm gate crashing this party. No. You have a Father God who's there with open arms to welcome you in. There's places where you don't feel welcome. There's places you may feel you're underdressed to get there. But you know what? Because of Jesus, we can come into the King of Kings. It's not just that we're welcome in his presence. This is but we can dine at his table. This is come in. There's a new feast here. There's an invitation for you. David says in Psalm 23, you prepare a feast for me. My cup overflows. There's an invitation. Whatever provision you need in life, material, finance, health, direction, joy, love, peace, hope, forgiveness, it's at the table. This morning there's a table. There's a table. And you're invited into the table. And it's a feast table where you can come and take whatever you need. He came and he was allowed to dine at the king's table. 
he's allowed to eat what the king had provided. He's allowed to look at the menu and say, that's what I need today, that's what I want today, and for some of that. There's a menu, there's an open menu. It's not a restricted menu this morning. There's a feast table for you where you can come and you can dine at the feast table and say, that's what I need this morning and I'm receiving from the king this morning. No, we sometimes have an attitude, well, I just need a bit of that. It's a wrong mindset. We have a mindset that says, I'm just a poor sinner and if I just get a scrape or a scrap, that would be enough for me. Please, please, please. When you've got that attitude, you're, you're demeaning what Calvary was. You're demeaning what Jesus did on the cross for you. Jesus died to bring us into all the fullness of heaven. Not just that, oh God, just God, if you, just give me a little bit. No, Jesus died to bring forgiveness and bring us into relationship. Then he rose to make sure we enter into all that God has got for us. So don't come with an attitude of, oh, if only, please, please, please. It's already done. It's already perforated. And he's saying, come and dine at my table. Come and feast at my table. I prepared a feast for you. You can come and take freely because Jesus paid the price for you. And he wants you to receive all that you need this morning in life. And not only was that a new invitation, but a new daily provision. The king gave him a regular food allowance as long as he lived. How incredible is that? He was bound in prison. He might have got a food thing, but it wouldn't be that great. But now he gave him a food allowance for the rest of his life. Daily. You know, the Lord's Prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. We'll worry about what's going on ahead. We worry about next week. Today, you may be worried about next week. You know what the Bible says? Don't take any thought about that. God's got it all in hand. And every day, his mercies are there for you. The Bible says in Psalm 60, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. He daily loads us with benefits. So, as we come round, a communion table. I was looking for the table. We don't do that table anymore. Where are you, table? Where are you? See, it's not the table. There's a table we can prepare in our hearts. God's prepared the table and we come in our hearts. Before that table. And because of what that table represents, the body represents his body which was broken for us so that ours could be whole. His blood was shed to bring us forgiveness and bring us into relationship with Almighty God. And because of that table, because of this table, because of these little cups and what they represent, Jesus' body broken, his blood shed, we can learn from this story of an ungodly king to one of God's people how much more the king of kings to us Thank him that he's freed us from that penalty of sin. He set us free from that penalty. He speaks kindly to us, not harshly, not judgmentally, but he speaks kindness and kindly to us. 
He's given us a new status. He's taken us from prison and set us in heavenly realm. He's raised us up to a place that we don't deserve in Christ. He's given us a new wardrobe. We don't have to be what we used to be. We don't need to wear the things that have held us back and restricted us and caused us to be less than. We can clothe ourselves with everything that he has given us in his nature. He's prepared a feast table before us. And he said that every day for the rest of your life, my provision is there daily for you. You just need to take it. But this morning, yes, it's a time of thankfulness as we take this bit of waver and this wine. But this morning, there's a feast table prepared for you. And as we take what represents Jesus' price for our feast, for our freedom, you can receive. Give thanks to God for it, but you can receive from the feast table this morning. <laughs> you can say, Jesus, I'm coming to that table and I need healing. I need salvation. I need provision. I need joy. I need peace. Whatever you need, there's a feast table this morning. You can just come and say, I'm taking it. And don't think it's not yours because Jesus paid for it to be yours. The price is paid. The price is paid. You don't need to pay anything. Jesus did it all. So I'm going to pray. And Sean, Gary are going to come and just lead us in a song. But let's pray together. And as we take this, in your heart, just give thanks to God. But more than that, just receive from this table this morning. Father God, I thank you for all that Jesus accomplished for us. Thank you for a broken body so that ours could be whole. Thank you for your blood that was shed for our sins. Thank you you took the punishment, Lord, so that we can be set free, so that we can come into a relationship with Almighty God, so that we can feast from the table of your provision, not with pride, but with our humility of recognizing it's not because of us, it's all because of Jesus and what he did. Help us to appreciate your complete sacrifice. Help us to be ever thankful for what you've done, what you've accomplished for us. But this morning as we take this wave and this wine, Father God, I pray, Lord, as we're thankful for everyone, Lord, who just needs to feast and take something from the table this morning, that you can provide, you can minister all that is required because you've already paid the price. Thank you, Lord. Amen.